0: Sinners saved by grace. Amen. And we're thankful for that. Amen. As we're saying, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Begin reading in the uh, first verse. Bible says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is... The kingdom of heaven and this is where he introduces what we know as the beatitudes and we won't read them all right here but we'll get to them amen so uh want will talk to you tonight about uh the beginning and the ending amen you may be seated tonight Amen. So we'll begin with a uh, with a question, and um, and if you don't know the right answer to this one, then uh, we maybe we'll need to talk a little bit. But um, how many of you would like to live in a manner that God will bless? Yes, amen. Good, because we're going to be talking about that here tonight and uh, and in the coming weeks, but. Um, uh, we all want to be blessed and I know we, uh, we know that, uh, that word is familiar to the church as part of our lingo, part of our language to be blessed and, uh, as, as opposed to the opposite of that is cursed and we know that, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God, uh, instructs the, the nation of Israel, basically, uh, the half the chapter is on blessings, and the other half is on is on cursing, uh, curses, and it's it's. Uh, if you look at it, it's not half and half, but uh, more than half of it is actually the, the curses that will fall upon uh, those that do not uh, submit to the word of God and, and adhere to it. Uh, and so, uh, of course, we we turn our ears to the word blessed and. Uh, blessing and because that is uh, the good side the favor of God and we want that in our life uh, and we don't want any part of the other side uh, because we've been we've been cursed enough in our life when we're not living for God we've got a taste of uh, of what this world has to offer and that's just that's just the results uh, from the world and not really uh, experiencing really the the curses of God because uh, we are all sinners, and uh, I think the curses uh, really begin uh, when somebody who has come to the truth and then purposely turns and ignores that. I mean, obviously, people living in sin who have never come to God, uh, yeah, I guess we can maybe say they're living a cursed life, but I think it's definitely different when somebody who had comes to the truth uh, knows it and hears it and understands it, but, but then chooses not to obey. And I think those kind of curses really uh, begin uh, to take things to a next level uh, in, in the eyes of God because uh, they, they have a taste of it and they know it. Uh, as, as in Deuteronomy 28, uh, that was given to the nation of Israel. It wasn't given to the Amorites or the Canaanites doesn't tell them that hey, these are the list of curses that are coming your way, because they had no clue. They had they, they had they had their own gods, and they were obviously uh, shackled and blinded, which is bad enough. Um, but when uh, God specifically curses you up, uh, on top of all of that, I mean, it just uh, can't get any worse uh, here in this life. And so, we all look to uh, wanting to live a, a life that is blessed by God that has. His hand and His uh, favor is upon our life, and so uh, we know that uh, the things with people is we can get uh, stuck in our, our own ways, and we can get stubborn. Uh, maybe you know a few stubborn people, uh, probably not the one in the mirror, but uh, there's always somebody else, right, that you think of. You don't think of yourself initially first as stubborn, uh, but... Uh, that is that is really human nature. How we we, we just we are creatures of habit, and, and we do these uh, get locked in these channels that we uh, find ourselves comfortable in and, and doing. And, and uh, it, it applies to everything. And so, um, uh, a, a little uh, example here is: uh, what Can everyone can everyone fold your arms? We're gonna fold our arms. And so now, look down at your hands. Do you fold your? Do you do you have one hand on top? Do you have both hands on top, or do you have both hands underneath? See, and then then switch it up. Do maybe do both hands up top. It just, it, it or both hands underneath or whatever. It just uh, when you cross your arms, you do it a certain way, not even thinking about it, and and maybe uh, mixing it up. It just doesn't feel right because that's how not how. Uh, you always uh, do it, and so most people uh, probably get dressed in the same order, uh, whether you're, you know, you put your socks on first or last or whatever, uh, pants on or however it is, but uh, you usually have a pattern uh, that you probably get dressed in, and without even realizing it, and we develop these uh, these habits in our life, and, and they become subconscious. They, we just do them without even realizing it. Uh, and so uh, living a, a blessed life uh, takes a little bit of work in the beginning because we, we have to change our ways, change our habits, uh, change our, our mentality, our, our mindset, everything that we do. Uh, we've been doing it the wrong way because we've been doing it our own way uh, but until we come to the church and come into the kingdom of God, uh, everything is changed and everything is different and God had his, has his own uh, way and order of doing things and it's on us to adjust ourselves uh, to what God wants and, and not just holding on to the way that we've always done it. Well, you know, as simple as just the crossing of arms, uh, let's just just play that out. In, in the kingdom of God, God can Say, well, when you cross your arms, I want both your hands on top. And if we've never, we're not used to doing that, then uh, we can fight and fight with God and say, well, I don't, I've, I've always done only one hand on top. Um, And, but obviously we know that uh, God's will is always going to be done. And so uh, coming to the kingdom of God, we have to understand that there's probably a lot of things that we are used to doing, but that we have to realize that we uh, Got to let go of them things, um, and uh, they're not. Maybe some things are not necessarily bad, but just the way that we do them, we could do them out of order, or whatever it is. But uh, here we see in in, in Matthew, uh, we are introduced to uh, Jesus here speaking in, in Matthew chapter five, uh, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this was Jesus's. Uh, first real sermon in public. His his first uh, teaching experience, because um, we're not told of anything before this time, and and really the only time, only event that really happened before this uh, is when Jesus turned the water into wine at the the we- the wedding at Capernaum, and his mother was. Uh, kind of pressed him to do that and he says, don't you know it's not my time obviously uh, Jesus wasn't ready to uh, open up the door for his ministry uh, but yet he did that anyways um, and, and so that was technically I guess his first miracle but it wasn't um, it wasn't a public scene but it was more of a private miracle that not many people probably realized uh, except uh, you know his mother and maybe those that were around him that caught on to that and, and so uh, but we do see Jesus when he was twelve years old. We know the story that he was in the synagogue talking with all the scribes and all the uh, the elders and the wise men of uh, of of the word, and uh, he was teaching them a few things, and they were all amazed at this little boy, what he can, uh, what he was saying and speaking. And uh, we don't have any record of 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 that. We just know that he was there. Uh, holding his, standing his ground and uh, showing them uh, a thing or two. Maybe he probably was, obviously he was planting seeds for when he'd show back up 18 years later and then they'd have a real conversation, but uh, obviously those uh, seeds probably fell on stony ground and they, because they were, again, they were bound by their traditions And their law, being the people of God, being the Jews, the Israelites, uh, they were still they still had their customs and their ways that they uh, became accustomed to doing. And when uh, Jesus uh, shows up here in Matthew chapter five, his first real public address, first real uh, public speech, um, he begins to talk about things about the kingdom of God. And really his whole ministry was about that, as as he had said many times, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's literally he's here to introduce the kingdom to the world, the way the world has been doing things, the way the people of God have been doing things. uh, He's here to introduce the new way of how things are going to be in uh, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And so uh, he says it's at hand. It's right here. Um, and, and so we know what he was teaching in his ministry was all about that, directing people uh, towards the kingdom of, of God. And we come to know that, be able to look through Jesus's ministry and from the beginning to the ending of it all, that what, what Jesus taught was uh, not exactly what they were all doing, custom to doing. Uh, Because he would teach them different things as as he would reference the the law of Moses. Jesus would say you had heard that, you know, if somebody uh, strikes you on the cheek, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But then he says, but I say, turn the other cheek. Uh, And so, again, people with their crossed arms and then Jesus comes in and he's introducing something different. And it's not it's more than just a different uh, philosophy or a different mindset. But uh, he when he he taught, he taught as one having authority and power. And and so there was a witness of the Holy Ghost there. uh, And so they uh, they knew it was more than just words uh, that they they were being captivated by. Uh, the, the voice, literally the voice of God, because uh, as we know, God is uh, manifested in the flesh as Jesus Christ. There he was, God, uh, wrapped in flesh, and he came to speak to his, his creation, came to speak to the world that he made uh, thousands, thousands, millions, whatever, uh, eons ago. Now the creator is here, and he's got the microphone. It's a it's amazing account uh, to to have been there that day um, to hear Jesus give his first uh, sermon, his first uh, speech. And, you know, uh, imagine how many hours or, uh, you know, how many hours God has been waiting to give that speech to his people. He sat on the sidelines for thousands of years watching uh, humanity progress and uh, ha- have the men of men and women of God that were called by Him to 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 speak up and to lead His people and to speak for Him on His behalf as as prophets and as judges and uh, as kings and and all these things. But now it's finally now it's finally it's God's turn. Hallelujah. Jesus gets the microphone and uh, here He gets to He begins to speak uh, what we know as. As the Beatitudes, uh, and so uh, the Beatitudes are uh, that w- the word Beatitude is is not found in the Bible. Uh, it's just one of those. T- it's a it's a title. It's a heading uh, that the divvies off the section. And if and if your Bible, uh, if it's just a regular straight up King James, it's probably not going to have the the. Paragraph separated, so you may not ever see the word beatitude, but in other versions, uh, they, they paragraph off speeches and, and section off things, and uh, this part they label as the beatitude, and it's, the, it's from, uh, it's a Latin word, uh, it comes from uh, the Vulgate, where uh, Jerome, he, he interpreted uh, the, the Bible from, from Greek into Latin, uh, and so in that aspect there, the word beatitude shows up. Uh, but the word beatitude comes from uh, Romans 4 and 6, but that is a reference to uh, Psalms 32 and 1. And let's look at Psalms 32 and 1. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And so beatitude refers to the, that word Blessed. Uh, and so verse 2, blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. And so it's amazing how we see the psalmist David, King David, uh, is, a, is a like as a, as a figure as unto Christ, uh, uh, a man after God's own heart. And here even David is, starts off this, this thought of, of blessed is the man or, or blessed is the Is is this and blesses that. And so when Jesus stands up and he begins his first speech, it's almost like he's uh, kind of recalling uh, the thoughts or the patterns that 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 David spoke um, back in Psalms 32. Um, And so blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I mean, that's 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 being blessed, isn't it? Uh, You know, many times we think about. Um, a blessing as a, a, a physical th- or a financial thing that we we attach being blessed as getting a lot of money, uh, but that's probably uh, probably a small aspect of, of what it actually means to bless. Because would would you rather have lots of money or would you rather have your sins forgiven? Which one is blessed? Uh, and so. Uh, so we, we understand that to be blessed does not mean uh, to be rich and God gives you the lottery, winning lottery numbers and, and saying you're blessed. That's probably more of an American uh, materialistic interpretation of the word blessed uh, because, uh, as we just discovered, we, we, you can be rich and go to hell, but you can be blessed and, and got the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so, again, there's another reference to. And Psalms 41, uh, again a Psalm of David. He introduced. He starts the Psalm. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Uh, and so here we already have. We've read three of David's beatitudes, if you will. And so here we see that Jesus is uh, kind of starting off his 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 ministry, uh, saying these things and. And in doing so, he is also introducing the kingdom of heaven to uh, this world because we know that the kingdom of heaven I- is at hand. And this is uh, this is what comes in f- from the kingdom of God. This is how you live. And, and so basically, um, if you remember your uh, high school days or, or college days, your first day of class, you'd show up and you, you basically is it's. I don't say it's a wasted day, but you spend the day just talking about the syllabus, what the class is going to entail, uh, all the different parts, what you're you know, projected to learn, the, the beginning and the middle and the end of the class. And, and hopefully at the end of the class, you're able to look back at the syllabus and say, look at all we covered, we covered it all. Uh, and so in, in essence, Jesus shows up, begins his first public address and we, we get the Sermon on the Mount and it's introduced, the, the, the Beatitudes, the blessings. Uh, and so in one aspect, I guess we can look at the Beatitudes as maybe the syllabus uh, for the kingdom of God or for the discipleship course uh, that you're going to go through because he introduces these things. And many of them are, are profound. They're, they're, they're different ways of thinking than they've always been accustomed to. Uh, and so, but uh, the goal is, is at the end of your life, you're able to look back and and reread the Beatitudes and and say, yes, I I, I can check that one off, and I've been doing that one, and and yes, that one, uh, I've been working on that one. And so, in essence, Jesus begins his sermon uh, with a syllabus of of what it what it looks like to be a disciple of him, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we'll, we'll cover them here in a second. And, and so as we are, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we've been, we've been in this for some time. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, a mid-semester check. On our on our life and we'll read through the Beatitudes and you can give yourself a a grade, give yourself a report card tonight um, and how you think you are doing uh, with the Beatitudes in your life, uh, because, again, you can't uh, you never get too old where the Beatitudes don't apply to you. Because again, you need them. They're introduced to your life in the beginning as your new walk with Christ, and at the end of the life, end of your life, you had better hope you'd followed the beatitudes. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to see uh, what they say that you uh, get from being blessed. And so, uh, the word blessed means more than being happy, because happy is is a temporary thing. It's a it's more like in a in an emotion uh, that. We often tie our happiness to what's happening around us at that given time. So we can have something tragic just into our life, and we're not going to be happy. Uh, But uh, the word joy is something that is deeper Down inside that that even if your situation, uh, your circumstance changes, uh, that doesn't mean it's going to it may take your happiness away, but it shouldn't take your joy because our joy is found in the presence of the Lord. I mean, uh, that is that is uh, what the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so uh, just because our situation may change and our happiness goes out the window, our joy should always be there because it is a, a deep-rooted foundation that is tied to the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God. And so uh, Jesus uh, teaches that uh, we uh, we attain it by doing exactly the opposite of what the world does. Uh, they strive to do for happiness, but Jesus is... Uh, he turns things around in the kingdom of heaven. It's always going to be different than what the world does. And so uh, here we go to 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 begin covering the syllabus for our life. As a born-again believer and as a Christian, uh, you give yourself a grade, A, B, C, D, E, uh, A, B, C, D, F. Uh, hopefully we have no Fs. Hopefully we're all passing here uh, with the Beatitudes, uh, you know, I, I guess... D's passing, I think. I don't know, but we don't want D's, obviously. We're not striving for D's or C's. Is just average. We want to be above average, right? Uh, and so uh, he, he begins uh, the syllabus for the kingdom of heaven and uh, what it means to be a disciple in his kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, do we trust God in our difficult situations and try instead of trying to keep up the appearance uh, of others that we are okay. Uh, you know, we can be trying to impress everybody else, uh, but are we are we really trusting in God and and, and not only concerned about what He has in store? Uh, and so, are we poor in spirit? Do we have? Is there nothing inside of us that is uh, that we are longing for? Uh, from this world. Uh, I mean, to be poor means not to have anything. And so, uh, you know, we're not, we don't want to say we don't want the Spirit of God. That doesn't what it means. It means there's nothing inside of us uh, that we desire more than, than for the Spirit of God. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because if you desire nothing in this world and you desire only what God has... Uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're going to get into heaven because you only want what God wants. Uh, you want the kingdom of God to uh, live out and be, to play that out in your life. And so, you know, you can give yourself a, a grade on that. How, how well do you think you're doing in that? And if you don't, you know, if, you, if you're giving yourself a B or C or A minus or whatever, uh, even if you give yourself an A, doesn't mean you're going to end the, the, the end of your life. You're still going to have an A. you got to work to keep that A, right? Uh, it, you always got to work no matter what grade you have. If you have a C, got to work to get an A. If you have an A, you got to work to keep the A. Uh, and so uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. And so we can always uh, strive to be a little bit more poor in the spirit, that we don't need all these things that this world has to offer, that uh, we, it has no desire in us uh, to f- be fulfilled that we have to have it. And so, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs are the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And so who, who says uh, if, you, if you mourn, you're going to be blessed? The, the world's not going to say that. And again, we, we have to kind of analyze that a little bit because it doesn't sound like a good thing. But if Jesus is saying that's something that we should be doing, it's then it's it's got to be a good thing, right? Uh, and so, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, are, are we quick uh, to ask for the forgiveness from God and others when I am wrong? Or when there is conflict in one of my relationships, are, uh, are we quick to run to the altar and ask for for repentance and to cry out for forgiveness, uh, that's probably a deeper meaning of the mourning to, to mourn is you're, you're sorrowful, you're, you're sad, and you're, you're broken, uh, not not just for what you have done, but what maybe somebody else has done for, to you or against you. Uh, and so Jesus says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. If we never find an altar, we're never going to be comforted. If we never find repentance, if we never weep and cry before the before the throne of God, then we're never really truly going to be comforted because we have to get to that point, that place where we are actually mourning and crying out and sorrowful in repentance. And then God can do something with us. But without that, without that mourning from our soul, we'll never truly be comforted. We, we may we may be comforted by the things that this world provides us, but it's not going to comfort our soul. It may comfort our flesh. It may comfort our, our carnal life, our temporary life, but it's not going to do anything to comfort our soul. Uh, we may think a, a brand-new car may comfort our soul. It's, it won't. Uh, it, it, it comforts your flesh uh, because your soul doesn't need a car, Right? Uh, What your soul needs is more of Jesus, more of his spirit in our life, more uh, a closer divine touch uh, from the spirit of God. That's what our soul needs, and that's the only thing that's going to comfort our soul. Uh, And so uh, give yourself a grade for that. And the next one, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, Are you gentle and balanced in your interaction with others? not trying to control your relationships by pretending to be strong or pretending to be weak or playing a a victim card. Uh, Again, meekness does not mean that you're weak. Meekness is power under control, -control. self-control. And so, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so, uh, it's uh, being... Uh, born again and uh, having a, a, a new mind, a new heart, and a new spirit, uh, uh, we are still wrapped up in this old wretched body. Uh, and so our, our flesh can still get the better of us at times. Uh, and so we still, uh, but we have to live according to uh, the principles that Jesus gives us uh, in the kingdom of heaven. And that is uh, to be meek, to, to be uh, uh uh, have, have self-control over ourselves uh, so that we don't get off the handles and, and, and people of the world will can, can poke at you and get a reaction out of you. Well, then they win, right? Uh, it's all about that reaction. Uh, but Jesus says, if you're meek, uh, you're going to inherit the earth with him and you're going to rule and reign with him. And so, uh, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And so uh, do we hunger and thirst after God and after his righteousness uh, on a daily basis? Now, I know that, uh, you know, being a, a born again, being an apostolic, you you, you have to say yes. Like, who, who's going to say no to that, right? Then you're, you're in the wrong place, right? Uh, and so, but... Uh, hunger and thirst is obviously a much deeper meaning than just we hunger for a meal uh, uh, because that, that is a hunger, but I don't think that's probably what Jesus was referring to. He's not talking about a one meal hunger. He's talking about uh, uh, a lot of hunger. When When Jesus fasted 40 days in the wilderness, it said he hungered. That's probably more of the desire of hunger that God is speaking about here. Uh, That's a 40-day hunger. Uh, And so, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so, uh, that is the type of of hunger that we need uh, to have. And so, uh, there's a story uh, about a a, a proud young man who, who came to Socrates, uh, the uh, old Greek philosopher. And he said, oh, great Socrates, I, I come to you for knowledge. Uh, and so Socrates recognized this, this proud, young, thick-skulled guy, and uh, he, he led the young man through the streets to the sea, and, and they walked into the water and all the way up to their chest, chest high and standing in water. And then he asked him, what do you want? And he said, knowledge, O wise Socrates, said the young man with a smile. And so Socrates put his hands on the man's shoulder and pushed him under. Thirty seconds later, Socrates let him up, and then he proceeded to ask, What do you want? He asked him again, and the young man said, Wisdom, O great and wise Socrates. And so again, Socrates threw him underneath the water. Thirty-five seconds passed, uh, forty, and then Socrates let him up, and the man, he was gasping, and he says, uh, what do you want, young man? And, and so between the, the heavy breaths and, uh, and the struggle, he said, oh, knowledge, oh, wise and, and wonderful, and then uh, Socrates threw him down again underneath the water for another 45 seconds, 50 seconds, and then he let him up, and uh, he says, what do you want? And he says, air. He says, I need air. And so he says, when you want knowledge as you have just wanted air, then you will have knowledge. And so that, that, began, that describes the level of, uh, of hunger uh, uh, that we probably should have in a daily life, not just saying, God, oh, I want you, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's just something small, right? But, but the hunger that we want for God as if we want air that's a deeper hunger, isn't it? That's a, that's a desperation. That's a, I can't live without you. That's a, uh, I can't live without, without the, the bread of life. Uh, and man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so uh, that's the type of hunger, I think, that Jesus is referring to when he says, uh, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because if, if we want righteousness as much as we want air, then we're going to be filled with righteousness, right? And then, then we're we're definitely on our way uh, to uh, what Jesus has for us. Uh, musicians, if you would come. And so, uh, and again, uh, we're we're on the one, two, three. We're on the fourth, fourth beatitude, fourth blessing, and we can see how uh, we are aligning ourselves up to that i mean just this one about hungering and thirsting after god after righteousness i mean uh, are we at that level where we are uh, grasping for righteousness as much as we are grasping for a breath of air uh do we hunger it hunger for it as if we haven't eaten in 40 days and we're hungry like jesus was hungry uh and so um you know, you can give yourself a grade on that one, but I, I think we can all probably uh, do better in that and uh, hungering uh, for more of God and less of this world and less of us, less of our ways. And so uh, he goes on to say, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Are, 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 are we quick to grant forgiveness to somebody? To give them Mercy. For what they've done towards us, do we give them a second chance to those who have hurt us, or, uh, or or do we do we hold that against them? Do we do we have that? Do we get become bitter towards them and, and let that anger and, and bitterness brew inside of me? But Jesus says, "Blessed are the are the merciful, the ones who show mercy, for they shall get mercy." I don't know about you, but I can always use more mercy in my life. And Jesus says right here, if you need more mercy, you had better be more merciful to other people. Uh, Obviously, it goes along with his teachings. uh, uh, If you don't forgive, then God can't forgive us. Uh, And so, again, this is the the teachings that Jesus is, is introducing, starting off his ministry with. Uh, these things, these, these principles, these foundational pillars uh, of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness. Uh, and so we have to um, align ourselves up with these things and, and constantly work on these things. If we just wrote these out as a report card, uh, we'll, we'll be working on these our whole life. Uh, because they're, they're there in the beginning of our walk with God and they had better be there at the end of our walk with God. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to go to a different place than what we're thinking about. Uh, And so, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We can definitely need more mercy. If you stand with me tonight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, Having no secret sins or hidden motives in our heart that uh, we are... We are exactly who we are, um, and so we have to be pure in heart, not allowing uh, a- anything closed off. That we ha- we allow God access to every part of our heart, every part of our life, uh, because uh, no flesh shall glory in the presence of God. And so, uh, if we want to see God, that we got to be pure in heart. And the only way we're going to get a pure heart is if He creates in us a clean heart renews a right spirit within us that he comes inside and regenerates and does a whole new work inside of us Uh, that's the only way we're going to get a pure heart because our our natural heart is desperate deceitful and desperately wicked and who can know it who can trust it Uh, the only way that we can see god is if we give god our heart so that he can give us a pure heart and so blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god And so do we speak positively about others and about uh, people in our church, our friends and family members, our brothers or sisters in Christ? Or do we try to diffuse situations? Do we not try to cause division? Uh, Do we not try to uh, backbite or gossip about anybody else? Or are we we called a peacemaker? Uh, Are we called that or can we improve that in our life to be a peacemaker? I need to be more of a peacemaker. To get a better grade, and in that aspect, and so blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do we get defensive when somebody accuses us, or or even falsely accuses us, or when they deliberately hurt hurt us, or uh, or if we never get the chance to tell our side of the story, or? Uh, or Do we, uh, we feel attacked or we feel persecuted? Are, uh, are, 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 are we maintaining ourself? Are we standing out as the children of God and trying to be a peacemaker more than getting our way or getting revenge or getting back at them? Uh, again, Jesus is just introducing these things to the crowd there that day. And you can imagine as much as we've been in this and as much as uh, as we have to process these things, imagine hearing this for the first time in Israel and how these things are, they, they're different. They're different. They're from a different world. Uh, and it, 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 it takes all of you, every bit of us, to be able to grab a hold of these things and try to attain them and try to reach for these things in our life because uh, you know as well as I know we're not going to reach these things with our, with our own ability. We need a a divine intervention in our life, We need, and that is the Holy Ghost to come in and to give us the power to reach for these things and to, to help see these things apply in our life and to strive to complete these. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets which were before you. And so, again, these things are a lifelong syllabus in our walk with God. That this class, this, this college class with Jesus never ends. We're in this for our whole life. We've got this syllabus right here with us. And uh, we got to go back to study ourselves to show that ourselves are approved. Here, here's the list right here. Uh, one of the things... If Jesus could have could have started his speech off, his sermon off. He could have started off with anything. He could have started off with that example of Socrates, if it's real or not. But he could have started off with some kind of illustration. But the, the first words out of Jesus' mouth to his people, he starts laying these things out. Blessed are these. Blessed are these. Blessed are these. Uh, and so it is... It is very important if, if this is what jesus says first in the beginning of his ministry i think it's pretty important that we should follow them and not just read over them as all oh, the, all those blessed things no these are these are critical these are foundational in the in the kingdom of heaven as jesus is introducing it and so uh we as as, as born again believers has been in this for however many years and again, it doesn't matter how long we've been in it. Every single one of these still apply to us, and we should still be striving for these. And uh, and we can uh, hope and, and pray that we hear those those blessed words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, that's when you can look back uh, at the end of your life and see the beginning where the Beatitudes were introduced and say, yeah, uh uh, thank God I, with the help of the Lord, I helped, tried my best to, to check all those things off. And we know that God is gracious and merciful to us, that we didn't do it on our own, but uh, we we got great things in store. And, and uh, the more that we align with the Beatitudes, the more blessed we will be and the more that God will be represented in this world and more that people will see Him in us and reach others through this Word. I'm thankful for what God is doing in our lives, thankful for His Word that we can uh, always look back at it and say, man, I need to work better on that. I'm falling a little bit behind on that part, but uh, we have it. We can reference and go back to it because uh, God's got things in store. For you and I and this church, we got to make sure we are lined up uh, with his will, his way, his kingdom, because it's his kingdom that's coming. It's his will that needs to be done in this earth as it is in heaven. And the only way we're going to see that happen is if we are connected, if we are aligned with him. And it helps right here, aligning ourselves with the Beatitudes, the blessings, and we will see the blessings of God pour out. Amen. Amen. Let's begin to worship the Lord tonight. Let's thank him for his word. Thank him, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We can have here to study, to look upon, to see where we can improve in our life. That we can be a witness, a light for you, God. How great you are, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How great you are. Sing with me Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love, Lord, that you have shed towards us. God, help us to be more merciful. Help us to be more peaceful in all of these things so that we can be blessed and our life can be blessed and we can give you the praise. Amen. As, uh, As... as the end of class would go, we always wonder for his homework. Well, there's always homework in the kingdom of God, and that is read the syllabus, read the Beatitudes, and, and make sure your, line, your life aligns up even better than it was yesterday and today. Amen. Every day we've got to improve ourselves to see what God has in store. Amen. God bless you all tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you back on Sunday.